remember doing something you're ashamed of? Maybe breaking the law or lying or letting someone down? Or maybe even not doing the thing but being accused of the thing that brings shame? What if you had to tell that something to every employer every time you applied for a job? Today on Find Your Cause, I'm speaking with a group from Pioneer Human Services about their mission to create second chances and to change the barriers the criminal legal system places on people who are recovering and rebuilding. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Can you introduce yourself for us? Uh, my name is Jacob Day. I work for Pioneer Industries, a subset of Pioneer Human Services. And we're going to talk more about... Pioneer Human Services and Pioneer Industries, but in your role, tell me tell me what that means. So I'm the shipping and receiving group lead. So I'm responsible, along with my boss, for seven employees in the shipping department. Um, everything comes in through us. Everything goes out through us. Um, we're responsible for getting all of our customers their parts on time. Uh, you know, whenever there's that's scheduled for, we have our own tractor trailer, otherwise known as a semi truck. We have our own small fleet of box trucks, a couple smaller vans, and, um, you know, shipping's job is just to make stuff happen, you know. We're the end, end line, so if our customers are depending on us to either pick up something or receive something, then it's my job to make sure all that happens. Making it happen. Yeah, that's it. That, just put that <laughs> that's on your that, card. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and how long have you been making it happen? Uh, I just had four years, what's today, the 21st? Six days ago was my four-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how you found how you found Pioneer Human Services and Pioneer Industries. So um, I actually found Pioneer. I had a, an ex-girlfriend that worked there at one point, and I had come out of prison. I was working at a fast food restaurant, and um, my boss at that time introduced me to this girl. And then after our relationship, well, she worked there, so that's how I knew about it. And then... After our relationship had ended, I actually went back to prison again. And when I got out that time, I figured it was time to do something different than fast food. And uh, I needed to, you know, find something I could make a career out of. And Pioneer welcomed me with open arms because they do not discriminate against criminal histories or substance abuse issues or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, it's been a lifesaver for me. Um, I just celebrated six years clean and, clean and sober last month, and, um, you know, um, sorry, uh, you know, I have, a, I have an amazing life today that I, I didn't have for a long time. I didn't get cleaned. I was 36 years old, and, um, yeah, um, you know, my mom, my mom just retired after 47 years at Mass Mutual Financial, so that's the standard I had, you know get a career path, you know, follow it as far as it goes. And um, so I found that with Pioneer. I don't have to ever leave there. I could retire from there, you know. And, um, you know, it just, it just gave me a chance to have a, a status quo type of life as far as, you know, the community is concerned. It's just a full-time job. It's got benefits. I'm able to provide for my family. And, um, yeah, it's just I love my job. I love my crew. We're all um, very close. You know, I think it's a little different than most places, most workplaces, because we all have a shared past. You know, 67% of our employees are all either formerly incarcerated or or have 
substance abuse issues or both well most of us is both you know and um so we're we get really close we're really personal with each other and um uh it's just uh it's just it's just an environment that fits me perfectly so thank you for sharing that and congratulations my pleasure <laughs> can, uh, you, can you think about for people who haven't experienced trying to get a job in the situation that you were in can you share what those barriers are sure i mean um so again the the city the state the federal government has dictated that if you commit a crime this is the amount of incarceration we think is appropriate for that time and when that's over you've served your time that you should be you know um I don't even know how to say it. You should, you should just be done. You should have served your time. It should be over. You shouldn't have to be um, permanently castigated against for, for having done a crime, you know. And um, it, the the stigma is, it's it's just something, there's no way to escape from it. As soon as you say yes on an application, if you have a criminal history, it, it you know, 95% of employers are just going to skip right past that. You know, why even go into the, the bother of getting to a background check to see if it was a really bad crime or whether it was just something minor or, um, you know, there's, it's, it's just a, a terrible stigma. And for someone like me, all my crimes were because of my addiction, you know, 100%. And once I kicked that addiction, then I didn't have any reason to commit crimes anymore. I haven't committed a crime, in, you know, in over six years now, you know, and, um, it's it's yeah it's 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 just something that I don't know what it's going to take for society to you know agree that if you served your time then you've paid for your mistakes you know and um, and you should you should have a clean slate you know as much as possible you know there's there's obviously some very heinous crimes that you know that that don't deserve, in my opinion, you know, second chances. But other than that, for, you know, people like myself and most of the people I work with, you know, we just, we were just dumb kids or whatever, and we didn't get chances that a lot of people had. And for me personally, I just, you know, I chose that lifestyle for not, you know, just, it's just what happened to me. I had good upbringing, you know, I had great family. I still have great family support now, which is, uh, you know, a lifesaver for me. A lot of people coming out of prison or coming out of jail don't have that. They don't have housing. They don't have resources. You know, I was able to move in with, back with my mother when I was released until I was able to get my own place. And, you know, that's, a, that's what's great about Pioneers. We would do a holistic approach for everything. You know, we provide housing. We provide drug treatment. We provide job training. We provide resources. So, yeah. <laughs> And if someone is listening and thinking through this and they are trying trying to get a job and trying to get like what do you what do you tell people about Pioneer if if they can be helped? Um, I just tell people that number one it's a it's a great place to work and that it's very welcoming and that you know even if it's even if it's going to be your first job ever if you spent your whole life hustling in the streets like I have friends that never had a job until they were until they were in their early 30s, late 40s, coming out of prison. And we'll provide them the type of training and the skill set 
to be able to, you know, at least get in on the ground floor. We have tons of entry-level jobs, right? Somewhere where you can start small, just learn a couple couple sets of skills, and then, you know, there's there's an opportunity to move up if you want it. You know, it's there's always opportunities there. And um, we just, you know, they just have our back. They have our back. That's really what it comes down to. And the, the resources to really focus on the full person, right? So all the other things that, that you might need. Um, right, sounds like, like there's a lot more than the employment, of, of course, is, is huge. Right. But then that those other services and resources. Right, housing, you know, how to get your license back. If you're like, I didn't have my license for almost 18 years. You know, now I have a commercial driver's license, thanks to Pioneer. You know, they sent me to, <laughs> they sent me to truck driving school to get my class ACDL when we bought our tractor trailer. You know, it's such a it's such a huge blessing. You know, um, you know, I did. I got. I I went. To, I was off work for a month. I got paid my full salary, and we had a grant that paid for my school. So, I mean, for me, it was just that was my. You know, that's the best thing that's happened to me so far. You know, if I ever choose to leave Pioneer, I have so many more options now. You know, with that commercial driver's license in my pocket. Not that I'm going anywhere, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> looks at the people in the room who work at Pioneer also. <laughs> but you know that you know what what an opportunity, you know what I mean? And um, uh, yeah, but I have I have coworkers who came out, no family, you know, no place to go. We provided them housing, we gave them employment, um, you know, we we keep ourselves accountable, you know, so. And, and and that's the other thing working around former addicts you know there's, there's just you can't come to work and think you're going to pull over anything on anybody if you're if you're under the influence you know somebody's going to know right away and we don't tolerate that at all it's a zero tolerance so you know it's, i need to be held accountable especially when i was in my early recovery you know and you know i if i don't have powers that be you know i i felt uncomfortable at, at you know Early on, I felt uncomfortable. Not, I needed, I needed that structure, and um, you know, I've grown out of that now. Where I don't need the structure, but I still hold all my same values, and you know, I've, I've garnered that lifestyle that, you know, I I hold myself accountable as much as I do everybody else. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Is there is there anything we haven't talked about? I mean, we could go a lot of ways on right. this, um, including the criminal justice system itself, but when you're thinking through, you know, the purpose of Find Your Cause is really to connect people to to causes that are doing great work. And so anything that you think of, you were like, I definitely want to make sure I say this or thank this person or make sure this this is understood. Um, I just, I, I just want to reiterate the fact that, you know, again, People make mistakes. There's, <laughs> there's so many crimes that are committed every day that people don't get caught for. That um, it's it's hard for me to. Of course, I'm biased, but it's hard for me to think clearly about other people having so much permanent judgment on somebody for making you know for making mistakes, and I just. If it's if it's one thing, it's just I would just really urge people to, um, you know, have a little forgiveness. And people are worth second chances, and we have a whole shop full of them, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, and we serve thousands of people a year. So, 
um, yeah, I, I just, I just really like to, uh, I'm just thankful so much for my job. It's, it's my whole life has, has blossomed because of my stable employment and my opportunities, my friendships I've made there. And, um, yeah, I was pioneers where it's at. That's all, that's really all I can say. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And we're going to get a little more high level um, <laughs> as the organization as a whole. But I think sharing your personal story, I just want to thank you for, for that. And um, I agree. I agree that there shouldn't be a permanent judgment on maybe one of our worst days of our lives. Because if, if I think about who I've been on the worst day of my life, it, I would hate for that to be walking around with me all the time. Exactly. Um, and so thanks for drawing drawing us into that, what that experience is like. Thank you. And again, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Karen and Rudy. Sitting. So please introduce yourselves, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm Rudy. I'm the Community Outreach Coordinator at Pioneer. And I'm Karen. I'm the CEO of Pioneer. So I was sitting there thinking, I hope Jacob doesn't think he's going anywhere <laughs> um, because we're, we're, we're really proud of him. And he has a bright future at Pioneer. And uh, he does great work for us, which is important. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy, too, that, that you're all in the room with me and, and talking a little bit more about, about Pioneer and what you do. So I'm going to start a little bit, I think, with Rudy about what, what program. So program coordinator outreach outreach coordinator, coordinator. Um, and so what does that mean and what are some of the the programs that you outreach to <laughs> yeah. that was a poorly asked question how do you reach out <laughs> <laughs> I'll just turn this for a little bit while you have a little moment um, so I do a lot um, the program that I'm based out of is our workforce development program so it is our roadmap to success class and it is our job training piece. Um, it's a course where students go through empowerment exercises and confidence building, but we also do resumes, cover letters, personal professional job development, interview skills. Um, all of these components are particularly targeted to address barriers that come up due to being incarcerated or having touch with the justice system. Um, and then we help folks find full-time employment, but the major part of this the class itself is three weeks, but there is a major case management component that extends for nine months after the class. Um, and I tell folks all the time that a job is great. It's super important. Uh, but a job doesn't mean anything if your life can't hang on to it. So this is really about someone's life. Um, so I do recruitment, screening, and intake for that class in Seattle. Um, and then I do outreach for the whole organization for all of our programs in the community, whether it be with justice organizations or social service organizations or someone who's just standing next to me for too long. Um, and then I also get to go inside of jail and prison and do the same thing. So talk about our services, how to get connected, um, really make sure that folks have a supported transition, whether they are 20 minutes out the gate, 20 years out the gate, or anywhere in between. And how is that relate? how does that relationship work with the facilities? Um, so when you're going into prisons and jails is Pioneer Human Services. Are you a partner? Are you welcomed? Like, how does that work? Because I know it can be a tricky system to navigate. Um, yeah, so there are a couple different ways that I go in. Um, a lot in the last te decade or so-ish, um, reentry has been a pretty big conversation topic. Mm -hmm. um, so 
the Department of Corrections and the Federal Bureau of Prison, they hold fairs, uh, usually once or twice a year, um, where different resources from all over the state come in and talk about what their programs are, um, where they serve, who they serve, how to get connected. Um, and that's kind of, that's just a, it's a resource fair. Um, and folks get to walk around, talk to people, and that's pretty, pretty welcoming folks are there because they want to get resources. There's also um, reentry classes that have been happening a little bit recently. Um, and that's more of a personal, I go in by myself usually, um, and there's not other organizations with me or there's one or two and we're presenting. And that is um, a much more intimate experience because it is just me and a group of individuals wanting to hear what I have to say. And in my experience, um, what has given me, or what has made me be most welcomed is my the accountability. I, we've all made mistakes, as we've said before, and I have been in a bunch of situations in my life that have given me a bunch of privilege, and I never got in trouble for my mistakes. Um, and so I've never been incarcerated. And so saying that, the first thing when I go inside, like, hey, I've never been here, so I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm not trying to say you have to do this because I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to take up a podium, but I am trying to hold the door open for you to take up a podium if you want to. And that um, I think is really important because, because I'm, not, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Um, and I really love what I do. <laughs> I so, can tell. I yeah. can tell. Um, yeah, so in in the settings of incarceration, there there are a lot of, or more and more there are supportive programs, whether it be a class or um, I go to jail, score jail once a month, um, and I just get to go talk to the different pods about what our programs are, how to get connected, I bring applications with me, I bring information with me, um, and I'm a resource if someone chooses that. And do you have, and we can ask Karen too about more of the numbers, but do you, how many people do you draw into Pioneer Human Services, either annually or? Oh my. <laughs> uh, so um, for the roadmap, I can't speak for the numbers for any other program, sure. because I don't have those numbers. Um, but roadmap, I manage an intake system about from about 30 to 80 individuals every month. Okay. Um, and those are just folks who've sent me applications or gotten connected. And then from there, we move forward. It depends on the time of the year also. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite thing is when, this has happened a few times now because I've been at Pioneer for two years, which has been great, thanks. Um, <laughs> Everyone really, really looking at Karen when they talk about how much they love their job. Um, but it's true. Uh, when, I, when someone will come to me and say, hey, I saw you at the reentry fair at, um, at Mission Creek, which is the camp for women. Camp, camp means... Uh, you're close to the gate or you're mm -hmm. moon security. Yeah. Um, and at Mission Creek, they have therapeutic communities there as well. Camp is a jargon word, and I apologize. Um, oh, thank you for explaining. Yeah. Uh, so I had I met a woman at a reentry fair there, and a year later, she was like, hey, Rudy, I, I saw you at Mission Creek at the women's conference, and I'm here to do roadmap now. And that's happened a few times, because um, usually at the reentry fairs, it's for folks who are two years to the gate. So there's a little bit of flex time there when folks follow through and they come they come and connect with Pioneer. That is, that's the best part of my job. What drew you to the work for, the, for you to say, this is my cause, I want to do this? Um, 
two things happened. When I was 18, my mom wanted to go to Alcatraz for Mother's Day. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, we went, I did the audio tour, and I had nightmares for two weeks. Um, not because it was a scary place to be, but because this is a system made by humans for humans. And that it was just horrifying to me that we are, this is something we've done to ourselves. Um, and the system is based in a lot of injustice, and I won't go down that rabbit hole today. Um, but it, it was it was horribly upsetting for me, and I wanted to do something about that. Um, and then I got my first job in reentry was in California. I was working for the Three Strikes Project. Um, and the first individual that we represented that I got to meet when he got out, I'd read his whole central file, which is the big packet you get from prison. Um, he had been in San Quentin for a couple decades. Um, and I'd read his whole central file. I'd read every mistake he'd made. I'd also read every art class he completed, every GED and educational program he'd done. And I had, and I went to school and I studied uh, systems of incarceration in the United States. I have all this knowledge in my head and all of his words in my head. And then I met him and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand and he was a super tall guy and I am not a super tall person. <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> Rudy and I are about the same height. <laughs> we're, we're fun size. We're fun size. Um, <laughs> but he just wrapped me in this huge hug and I broke down into tears, which is just me and my privileged tears over here, but um, it was my first jarring human experience that, yes, this is a system that humans have put in place to do to other humans, and then you meet the humans, and we're all just humans. Mm -hmm. We're all just people. And I read everything about this guy from his time inside. And I have all these theories in my head, and I still didn't get it. And then he hugged me, and my world just changed. And I love being at Pioneer because we, some folks don't know about us, but why would, with the world that we're in, why would you know about us? Because the world teaches you to, when we put someone away, they're no longer people, and we don't have to think about them anymore. So unless you're intentionally making the choice to recognize every human as a valid life, someone that deserves something, anything, the same, we all deserve this, that's why I'm a pioneer, because we, we see everybody. And it's, you know, folks get dumped on the street. They get released and they get dumped on the street, and they are not allowed access to anything that will help them live a healthy and productive life. No access to housing because of their background. No access to employment because of their background. No access to, you know, whatever happened in their past, their family is a little bit not quite there for whatever reason. We don't allow them to the, allow them into the spaces that let them be their best selves. And then we punish them again for not doing those things. So it's it's just upsetting and I am, proud and honored to work for Pioneer because we see everybody. Thank you, Rudy. Yeah. Thank I don't, do we need Karen now? No, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. No. These guys were good enough. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing that, especially the, the personal connection mm -hmm. to the work. Um, Cause I think that that first of all prevents burnout, which happens a lot in this space. And also just, um, I can tell when people have found their cause and you have a glow when you speak about how much you care about the work. So it's definitely, it's definitely there. So thank you. Uh, let's talk a little bit with Karen. I'm going to go a little bit broader picture mm -hmm. on this. Um, 
for you, Karen, as the CEO. Um, so first of all, how long have you been with the organization? Nine years. Nine years. Mm-hmm. And what drew you to the work? Who wouldn't want to work at Pioneer? Now everybody listening is going to, you're going to have lots of applications coming through. I think what drew me to the work was the mission of the company. And, um, you know, I certainly care about society. Um, I, I mean, at one point in my career, I wanted to be a civil rights attorney. So, um, and I knew that it would be a good match between Pioneer and me and that I could, you know, offer a lot to the organization and that it could in turn, you know, deliver great products and services and then help people and help society. And little did I know that um, that the journey would, would look the way it looks because I didn't know a lot about the incarcerated population when I started the job. I've had, just like most people, um, um, family members that have been incarcerated, and I also have had family members that have had addiction. I've had some even go through Pioneer. And, but I, you know, I think that my view when I first started was um, people should just work hard, you know, you know, the day that they're released. And, um, and little did I know all the barriers that were there. And it's, it's very similar to um, racial discrimination. And so I just, and I just think that it is completely and utterly and massively unfair and not right. And so I want to do something about that. And I also want to see people progress. And um, what better way to progress than to have um, employment opportunities? And Jacob is here, and we've talked a lot about um, his his growth from where he started as a tech one to where he can ultimately be, if that's what he chooses. But we have those same opportunities for um, our social worker, our social work staff. You can start as a peer counselor, then become a um, an a substance use disorder professional, and then just go along that career path. So, um, and when a person finds their calling, we're talking about finding your cause. Mm-hmm. There's almost nothing that's more satisfying to me than to see that and, and to have our company have been a part of it. So I, um, because we, we see the humanity in everybody, I think, and we look at them where they are today. Yeah. And we don't look at what their pasts are. And we're pretty proud of that. By the numbers, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were just talking about the roadmap program, but um, I was reading a little bit more on the website just about all the lives you touch. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, I probably will get it wrong, is it 7,000 people in Washington released annually? Nine? Well, yeah, the, yeah, but okay. we do a lot more than the releasing population. Okay. We, yeah, tell me mean, about that. Yeah, we serve about right around 8,000, okay. roughly year in, year out. And, uh, and we have over 200 programs. So Rudy was talking about one program, our pre-employment program called Roadmap to Success. But we have a heck of a lot of programs and throughout the state. And the program that she is in, we're also expanding that to Spokane. And then we have smaller versions of it in um, Tacoma and Pierce County. We have um, um, we have employment workshops, and then we also have some in the, uh, in the North Sound region. And some of them are attached to our drug treatment units as well. So um, so we serve a lot of people, and I wanted to talk about diversion because that's a bigger and bigger component of what we do. Um, um, people are starting to think differently about addiction in particular, and so we're able to partner with um, localities to help them um, really think about whether or not they're criminalizing addiction 
and um, and helping them deliver solutions to that. So we have a couple new diversion programs that um, are really in the um, promising program stage, but have very good results at the six month mark, and. Um, and we're pretty proud of that, too. So we have one that's been in Snohomish County in the city of Everett that's really focused on um, crimes that would normally used to be send you to jail where we can offer treatment. And it's the same day and it's immediate. So we do that in partnership with the um, Snohomish County Police and their caseworkers. And then we have a new one that we just started um, the first of the month that really is focusing on what happens when a person with addiction goes to an ER, mm-hmm. and we're serving those types of folks out of our, um, our Tacoma facility, and that's pretty promising as well, so that we can help move them to treatment, get them better, get them housed, and then on the path to what's the right life for them. So it's so we, so we do a lot in the space of helping people live their best lives and not be incarcerated. And so, and so whatever that is, we try to, to, we try to offer a service in that arena. Yeah, it's a big arena. It really is. It really is because the issues that cause poverty and homelessness are compounded um, when you add in the criminal justice factor. So, and that's what we have to keep in mind. Yeah. And that addiction or ER visit to prison pipeline exists. Um, The school to prison pipeline. Absolutely. Where there have been suspensions and kids aren't in school. And then that's where the pipeline starts for some people. Um, so definitely you have your work cut out for you, I would say. And it's a fantastic mission um, because if you if we don't have as many people incarcerated in the first place by That's doing right. diversion in mm-hmm. these ways um, and 200 programs, I have to imagine, touch a lot of the, the many, many facets. That's right. Of the issue. And I know we're talking about find, find your cause, so I'm going to just start in right now with um, how you know how people can you know be helped, right? Yeah. Or how or how we can work with other folks. So obviously, as a nonprofit, now Pioneer is a is a it's a little bit of a different nonprofit, which is why we're called Pioneer because we're the first to do some of the things the way we do them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is how do we get funding for our programs? And of course, we have Pioneer Industries, which is our manufacturing company. Um, we're looking at a construction company to do the same thing, to deliver profitability, to enable us to to provide services that are expensive, like housing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but we're pioneering in a lot of other ways as well. So uh, how you know how to help pioneer? Where there's a, there's a lot of ways. Obviously, money helps mm-hmm. because it always uh, does. <laughs> because running a manufacturing company, it's a full manufacturing company. We don't get any breaks. We have to compete for our work. And so uh, all the things that um, ABC Manufacturing Company does, we have to do that as well. So that means that we have to have monitored equipment. We have to maintain our facilities. We have to educate and train our employees. Um, We have to make sure that we are not poisoning Puget Sound, right? So we have to have environmental protection. Um, So anything that... that, a uh, what I will call a non-mission oriented manufacturing company does to be successful. We do those same things, mm-hmm. um, and so and so that will always cut into the amount of money that we can extract from PI to fund our programs. So we have to always make sure that our our business is competitive, um, and we're meeting our customer needs. So our customers come first: Genie Industries, Boeing. 
um, the Boeing subcontractors that, subcontractors that we supply to, we want to be their best customer, and we want to win more work. So we have to be good at that. So, um, but there are so many needs that we also um, want to serve more people. We have 100 people waiting for a housing unit right now. So, um, so certainly financial contributions are always good. Donations are always, always good. We would never say no to a donation. But for all of us that have, I mentioned earlier that I was, I'm an attorney, for example. So whatever your profession is, if there is a nonprofit that you're a member of or there's an organization that you're a part of, if they provide their service to our population, then volunteer for them. So attorneys that want to help out um, you know, our clients, they don't really have to um, call, you know, call Karen or call Pioneer or call Rudy and say, how can I help? King County Bar Association right here in town, they have a reentry law program that you can volunteer for and um, rep- represent um, someone who has to go to court to get their record vacated. That's an easy example. Mm-hmm. If you work at a bank, you could say, okay, what I want to do is we want to volunteer and help people um, um, you know, learn how to manage their finances. You could help them, um, you know, be an advocate for them. So whatever your profession is, um, you can always go through your professions, um, volunteer opportunities, and help people that way because there's certainly a lot of need. You can um, support Rudy, and I'm sure she could talk about how, you know, how we use people that help us um, in her programs, for example. And then, of course, there's always donations. So there are so many different ways to help um, individuals that um, are just as involved, that want to get their lives in order and have to um, manage all the barriers that are out there in society. Um, There's certainly an opportunity for help for every barrier. So I don't know if you want to talk about yours, where you work with people in terms of interviewing or things like that or mentoring. Yeah. Sure. How to volunteer with the roadmap to the success? Roadmap program, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, because people. I want people to like be like, oh, I could definitely do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, just on a basic level, something that you can do for Pioneer and for this world is talk. Mm-hmm. Talk to your employers. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Talk about what your hiring practices are. Talk about what who is discriminated against and why M- giving a voice to folks who don't have as much power to be heard that's a really good way to start um can it, we jump in right there can uh, we please. tag team you yeah, might, yeah. Please. Tag team. i love it so the talking is really important because there's advocacy that we have to do there are a number of laws that we have to change that are absolutely um not right and not fair and not just and so um one of the uh, uh, laws that we're really trying to get past this year is housing discrimination, fair housing. And what we want to do um, is to make it against the law in this state for landlords to say, I'm not going to rent to you just because you have a record. That record could have been 20 years ago. And we still have people that can't, that are denied housing today for an arrest when they were in high school. So, um, and we can write a law that um, takes you know takes some of the fear out of things, but we just think a blanket, um, unconditional um, ability for a landlord to say no, I don't want this person you know around. We don't think that's right. 
So that, that's the biggest law that we want to pass, but there's also LFO work that we still need to do. That's a legal and financial obligation. We need to also take a look at um, the charges that are so associated with restitution and how much interest is charged. We need to look at the ability of a parent to volunteer in the school of their children if they had a record two, three, four, five, six, seven years ago. So you're saying then, um, if I, you know, if I went to prison and I'm 20 and I'm 40 now and I have a family, that I can't ever volunteer in my kid's school. What kind of parent does that make me? Mm -hmm. So those are these are all things that we think that we can change. Um, and so when we talk about using our voice, that that would be a great way to help pioneers to help us with our advocacy effort. So back to you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get a little excited about no. that. <laughs> it is it is really exciting because ultimately, um, at least one in four people in the United States has a background. So this is not just a community that's forgotten about. This is your community. This is your school community. This is your neighborhood. This is your office. This is this is advocacy for your community, for all of our community. Mm -hmm. This is this is all of us, and this is for all of us. Um, and keeping communities together. It's reentry, yes, but it's reintegration, and it's we don't even have to get there if we can keep our communities together. Um, if you do want to volunteer in person, a really good way to get connected um, with our Roadmap to Success program is we have an interview day, um, and we invite all different kinds of employers in and all different kinds of volunteers in to come and run interviews and give feedback to the individuals going through our program. Um, so if you are an employer, especially if you're an employer who doesn't really understand your hiring policies or you don't, um, you haven't nailed it down to the, the to the letter of the code of what that actually means to you, come in and come in and volunteer with us. Come in and run an interview and see the incredible people that we work with, but also. If you're an employer, you have an expertise. And so someone is coming to you to say, here's my pitch. What's your feedback? Not only do you get to have an opportunity to engage and maybe make change within yourself and within your organization, but you have the opportunity to make change within the life of the community that we're serving. Feedback is important, especially if, you know, I tell folks all the time, the employers that we come in, no one's coming to pretend to do anything. The people that come in, they this is real life, real time feedback, and that is invaluable. And it's all just about, I mean, all of it is how we communicate with each other, whether it be in an interview or going to Olympia or talking to your family. There's actually a bond that um, the state issues through the Employment Security Department that employers can use as insurance in case something happens when they hire um, um, an employee that, you know, that they might be nervous if it was their first time hiring someone with records. And hmm. from what I understand that that bond is used so minimally, I have not heard of one incident. We haven't had any in my, in my time at Pioneer, there has not been one incident from an employee that would cause us to um, have to spend more money than we normally would, um, that uh, where the company was damaged. They're just not. An employee is an employee. And I just think that we really want to start to sort of soften society's opinion about people that have made mistakes before. They don't need to have that um, attitude towards people. Yeah. Lots of good 
lots of good actionable ways mm -hmm. to be part of your work. Absolutely. Is what I'm hearing, which oh, is yes. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, we've covered a lot today. Um, opening it up back to the room. Anything you wanted to say that we didn't talk about that you think people should know about the work? The last thing that I would say is that uh, we have such a gem of Pioneer right in the backyard of Seattle, and I don't know that there's another organization that does what we do um, at scale the way that we do it with the sophistication, with the size and scope, number, number of lives that we touch in the country. And so I'm really proud of everything that we do. I do think that um, we, our company has an issue of mass incarceration. And what we want to do here um, is that we want to have Washington be a light um, so that we can really show the rest of the country of how we should be treating people. And um, so in the debates, it was the second debate, um, when Governor Inslee was running, mm -hmm. um, he actually, the when he did get a chance to talk, he said, you should come to Washington to see about um, how we deal with criminal justice. And he talked about the bills that we sponsored out of Pioneer. And, um, and so what we're trying to do is make the state better for everyone. Um, you know, whether we're the headliner or we're a supporting player with all of our our, our friends and advocates and stakeholders, but we are working just diligently to help to help our state and then to be a light for everyone else. And we're very, very proud of that. So anything that we we haven't touched on that you just want to make sure you share about about the work? I will just touch again on um, what Karen was talking about, about the quality of our work. So we are a full-scale manufacturing facility. We have sheet metal bending and CNC machining and laser fab cutting and so much more. And we make parts for airplanes, which people fly in. So we're as accountable as any other Boeing subcontractor, anybody who makes airplane parts, when you have to be able to, you have to be able to display your processes from dirt to the sky and back to dirt if necessary. So um, as the quality of our training and the fact that all of our employees can um, perform their same jobs in any other manufacturing facility, you know, statewide, countrywide, um, it's just a testament to, um, you know, our commitment to providing quality products, you know, along with quality services. And that just makes us, um, you know, again, such a unique organization, you know. And, um, yeah, it's it's... Again, it's given me a career path and, um, you know, created a home for so many people that most of society would just turned away. So, yeah, that's just the last thing I wanted to say. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and my final question is, if you weren't doing this work, if you weren't doing this amazing work, is there another organization, another cause that you care about or that you know is happening that, that you support? So, <laughs> lowering the mic. Um, there is an organization in the King County area called Choose 180. Um, I believe they're on this podcast also. They will be, so you can look up that episode too. <laughs> um, they're involved in similar work. Mm -hmm. um, they predominantly work with youth. 
um, and they work with youth who are being referred from justice systems. They also go into schools, which is really important, as we were talking about earlier, the school-to-prison pipeline Mm -hmm. is where a lot of things start. Um, But they go into schools and get those referrals, and they work with youth to make these pivot moments to provide the future with opportunity to to live their best lives and to take control over that and to be empowered to do that. And um, I'm getting to work with them for something entirely different uh, now. Um, and I walked into their space and they have this beautiful mural and it's their organization name and it's right in their front hallway. And they were telling me that this mural was done by someone who was referred from the courts um, this person was arrested on a graffiti charge and Chu's decided to contract this person to graffiti this mural and as this person I believe is going to do more work for them as well. So something that was, you know, maybe a mistake or a behavior that was criminalized has now an opportunity to be an empowerment piece of this person's life. And maybe this person will get to contract out your murals or not, but giving someone an opportunity and reshaping someone's trajectory or giving them the opportunity to reshape their own trajectory and supporting them in doing so. I mean, this is what equity is. It's not saying graffiti is bad. It's saying here's an opportunity to be empowered in your skills and your art and your craft. And this is you and this is beautiful. And that is equity. And that is a beautiful thing. And choose 180 is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you all for being here. 